Whenever we're on the show, we try not to keep people hostage for too yeah. long. And I used to push for like two plus hours and Clark used to push for under an hour. And I feel like, you know, Clark was um, probably right. Correct. There. Yes. So now, now we go like, Hey, if we can go 45 minutes, it's good. And if we can go a little bit past an hour, great. But it's really tough because like we were talking to indie filmmakers and we want to know who you are, but also you made a movie with a 360 camera. So we also have questions like how, how did you do it? And it, it's a negotiation. Okay. Um, I don't know. How do you want to kick this off? You want to go right into film talk or? Also, David, has anyone ever told you that you look like Australian Formula One driver, Daniel Ricciardo? Yes, but I never, I know, I don't know who he is. So someone told me <laughs> that, but. Well, he's, he's very handsome, talented okay. guy. So you're in good company. Thank you. He's a good man. All right. Well, I, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> All right. No. Um, here's the thing. I guess we'll kick it off with the, you know, the obligatory questions. Because as Russell said, you know, David, you made a film with a 360 camera. You made an entire feature film with a 360 camera. Um, I certainly haven't seen that before. Russell, has that ever been on your radar? <sighs> no, actually, when you submitted to the film fest. Okay. First, let me tell the story. Just I know I probably said it in person and on the show before, but you submitted so late. And we were, I mean, dude, we were dragging our feet this year and it, it came together in the last minute. But when we got your submission, one, we love a foreign film. Two, it was 360 camera feature. And I'm like, for my, if I'm honest, my initial reaction was, oh, fuck. I don't want to watch this. Because <laughs> see, that's the thing with late submissions. Because at that point, you know, anytime when you're making a film festival, you know, you try to stay ahead of the game. You know that it's going to catch up with you in the end, but you're always trying to chip away. So, you know, uh, this came the- in. <laughs> this came in what early February? I, I think so. Well, yeah, and that was a that was a polite spin you did there, but I meant directly for his film. It was just the word 360. And I don't know what your relationship has well, been, I was David. Building on something there. Okay, well, but, go ahead. Then. But essentially, you know, um, that's the thing is that you know sometimes I'll pull, I'll pull, I'll tell everyone how the sausage is made here a little bit. Of uh, you know, sometimes when those films comes in um, at the witching hour, we're a little hesitant. We're like, you know what, man, this better, this better you know, blow our pants off. And uh, certainly, though, you know, 360 camera, we're like, all right, everyone was intrigued. And as soon as you guys saw it first, because you guys saw it before I did, um, you were like, yep. So we got to we got to do whatever we do to rearrange the schedule and get this in. So, you know, that's the thing is, you know, if it's good, it's good. And we, we, we always want to find a place for it. So, you know, the, the film spoke to us on that way of just because, hey, this is something interesting. This is something we haven't seen before. And this is something that is going to leave an impression of everyone who goes into a theater and sees it because we think and we have the ability to show this in a theater, which is the proper way to you know, show this film. Yeah. This was close to mid February when it came in. Yeah. And, um, look at what you did to us, David. <laughs> can, can I tell you, well, one, tell you one thing? Um, sure. I was going to send the movie, but I asked a friend of mine, Andres Kaiser, that, uh, he has a film with you, Feral, but he, Oh yes. He, Feral. Feral. Oh, yeah, yeah. He told me, no, no, don't submit it to that festival. First go with the big ones and then this one. And and I think about it like two days, you know, and I said, oh, fuck it, I have to submit it uh, to all the festivals. I, I don't want to have like this 
pyramid uh, structure because sure. my film kind of talk about that. But I just want to tell you that uh, maybe that I wasn't going to submit it. At the end, I submitted and it was great. That's now for people listening, you might wonder why um, Andres would be like, don't submit it to a <laughs> fest uh, that you know screened his film. And I'll tell you, this is completely fine. There's a lot of like politics yeah. in film in film fest. Sure. And basically there are like three types of tiers of film fest. And you always want to open up with the first tier, because if you get into Sundance or something, your movie's going to have a completely different trajectory than if it opened with us, where I, I think we're like a one and a half tier, maybe a two. And we're in a deep niche, a niche. So we lose a lot of films because yes, of that. And certainly. a lot of the time we argue with um, filmmakers who have a very reasonable approach, like uh, David, where they're considering like, maybe I won't. And really the only thing we have to offer is that we've got a, a fan base that they approach found footage and in-world camera correctly. They watch it and they pay attention to it. They understand the different narrative approach and they also have like, they have a little bit of self-awareness in there. Like if you take paranormal activity too seriously, it's not going to work for yes. you. And um, honestly, I, man, it kind of scares me to think that you wouldn't have submitted. Um, I'll, I'll jump ahead a little bit and I'll just tell you when we screened it, David, it crushed and we get a mixed bag of people out here. We have, um, you know, a, a pretty lively film culture in the Bay area, but it's a lot of highbrow avant-garde stuff. And we also have horror fans that I've dragged out of the, the sewers to come watch our movies. And both of those people at the end of your film were giggling and laughing and just, I mean, dude, you had a Harmony Korean reference and a Paranormal Activity yes, reference yes. in your movie. And you said Harmony Korean was a woman. <laughs> yeah. <that's right. laughs> like, dude, you're uh, you're not just a friend. You're clearly like related to somebody out here because it's exactly what we want. Yes, yes and I, also you you say that you have a niche niche. That's the word niche. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I want that. I mean. I want to make more films for for this kind of culture, you know. Sure. So, well, that's why at the, thing at the end I submitted to your film festival. I was aware of all this that you are talking about. Well, thank you. The one thing that I've learned, um, you know, just you know, creatively, and also you know, just in the show, doing the show, and talking to more and more filmmakers, is that the more specific that you curate something the more specific that you you know write create something the broader it's actually going to be because it, the more you specifically get into you know that niche part of things um you know it's really going to touch base with a specific group of people and it's really going to hit home so the more specific that you get the frankly the bigger audience you may get because of that if that made any sense. Well, it does. And you got to think of it in the way of studio film, because I think to a studio and a production team putting money in, they don't want to hear that. But if you're an indie filmmaker, you can kind of own your own movie and the internet will help you out. Right. And one of the things that we're trying to do is bring together that internet community of uh, found footage fans. Cause they're a little bit dispersed. Sure. And maligned. Yeah. 
and scary. <laughs> so, David, yeah. Now, when I originally watched your movie, I saw 360, and you said that it was the only feature ever made with the 360 camera. So I, I thought two things. One, you're lying. And two, oh, God, I have to watch it. I have to get my mouse out so I can look around as the movie's going. Now, I don't know if you've ever played a, a horror game that, like, you know, there's jump scares built in, and they're trying to emulate a movie. But when you control your camera, you can miss the jump scare and it doesn't work. So I thought I was about to watch a horror movie that gave me control because I'd, I honestly had never seen a movie that had been framed. Like you turned a 3D camera, a 3D world into a two dimensional, more traditional <laughs> film. And I just like, how hard was that? You know, it was very easy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, well, I have to tell you. I didn't know that I, I bought the camera and I thought I could see what I was filming, you know? But you put the camera and you don't have feedback of what is happening and you could not be in the room. You get it? Yeah. So I just tell the actors what to do, put the camera. At first I was afraid. And then... I, I have to give a lot to the actors because I have to trust them in everything because I just watch what they done at the end of the day. So I put the camera and, and I let it be what, and I, in some scenes I couldn't cut. So it was a lot of, from the actors, you know, that this movie take responsibility to the director. The only thing that it's, it's really easy, I'm an editor, so in this film, you, can, you are the editor and also the photographer because you put the camera wherever you want. So that's what, that was the easy part. Well, sometimes you get mad uh, because you could do a lot of things, but... It was very easy for me once you, once yeah, you get it. That kind of answered my question. It was sort of a chicken and the egg thing of which came first. Like, you know, did you want to make a feature showcasing this camera or did you have this story or the story came with the camera? Like, which kind of came first? Um, they came together because I was writing the story and I thought I could use a GoPro, just a simple GoPro. But then I watched what I could do with the 360, and I say, I have to take the risk. Also, I searched for if there was something, some film that it was done like that, and I couldn't find something. I find, found a documentary that is filmed on uh, 360, but you choose, you choose the angle where, when you are watching the documentary. Yeah, I don't like that. And... No, I tried to. I tried some scenes uh, with the glasses, VR glasses, and it doesn't work. The film doesn't work. So that's why. Good. <laughs> the the Google Glass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they never worked for anyone. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay. Man, you've already touched on a bunch of things. I want to ask you two questions. These are normally questions that we have for every found footage person, but I, I think it would be kind of boring to linger on these. So just really quick answers would be cool. Uh, did you script the movie? Yes. 
Now, the full dialogue, or was it just an outline? Uh, for some parts, it was just the idea, and for other parts, I write all the, the all the scene. You know, it yeah. was a forty pages script, right. and at the end, I have the first cut. It it was two hours. Whoa! Wow! I'm curious what didn't make the movie. <laughs> Oh, that's a different day. Whatever. How much um, footage did you end up with at the end of the shoot? Um, the like, let me see, like ten hours, more or less. Damn! All three sixty yeah. too. And there's also one thing: if you shoot the normal movie, you have to change the angle every time. You know, to make close-ups, to do crisscross, and to point of view here you, you just do the scene the scene three four times maybe five and that's it you don't repeat nothing you have you have to think like you have an an scanner yeah if you don't think that no. uh, when when i would think this is a, a scanner and then i will choose what happened that was it it's funny. Um, there's so much there. One, I think you're incredibly humble because you touched on something, which is the complicated relationship found footage has with uh, the role of director. And a lot of times, even with the Blair Witch, like Eduardo and, uh, and Myrick were never actually manning the camera. So you end up in a position of like, well, what is the director? Like, you're really just like a stage manager or something. And it sounds like you're in a similar position, which has made me start arguing that the, the auteur of the found footage film is the editor. And one of the things about your movie that I'm, that I'm going to say, you're incredibly humble because you make it sound like, you know, I didn't have to do a lot. I wasn't in the room and I had everything filmed in the room. So I just picked except the, the magic in your film is that you framed a 360 camera in a rectangle. And a lot of the times you almost do like a vertigo type um, pull back, zoom in Hitchcock where the world is like bending around the lens. And there's a lot of like magic that, I mean, I've been watching films for 20 years now and about five of them, I've been kind of like critically looking at them and I've never seen stuff you did in your movie. And it all tied together in like a beautiful visual metaphor. And uh, it's very powerful. And I just think you're being incredibly humble because I did do the research and I could not find another feature in 360. Yes. That was not pornographic. <laughs> <laughs> but even if it's porno, you, you go, it's like BR, no? If it's porno. They, yes. Yeah. They, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's too much to bust a nut. <laughs> that's too much work to bust a nut. All right, <laughs> put a vacuum on my face. I don't need that. Yeah, so it's interesting, David, because you you mentioned how easy it was because you have everything on film, and I remember the argument against Michael Bay, where people were saying Michael Bay is the death of cinema because he doesn't film a movie; he just captures it. But I and honestly, I kind of agreed with it for a while until you saw the trailer for ambulance oh, April yeah. <laughs> looks very good i haven't seen it. no and i you know what no yeah it is it out yet it comes out next week i'm very excited are you really there they they rob a bank and then they they hijack an ambulance 
Who's not into that? I'm not. I'm not. Randy's in. Criterion will put it out, though. We know that. Randy just put in the chat, hell yeah, I'm down for ambulance. <laughs> Randy gets it. No, but David, I mean, so if you have... So last week, we talked to um, Mike Costanza, who did probably the first ever Screen Life movie. And he's a... he's a First, Mike is so lovable. He's just a dude I want to, like, squeeze to death. And he's, like, a skater and weirdly, like a prodigy kind of with tech. And uh, he was kind of running us through what it would be like to film on a 360 camera. And he's like, when you get it, it's all just laid out flat. And then you just deal with it. And I just don't understand how you made putrefiction out of that. Like, how long did it take you to edit this movie? Um, I edited with a friend. So, I mean, I'm an editor. I I live uh, uh, because of the editing, you know? And we want to control more because if you work in this, they, they just throw you all the material and then you could kind of save the movie. But if you have the control that I have uh, editing the, the 360, for, for me, it was a great experience. I don't think if I do a, a movie again, I don't think... It, I will use it, but <laughs> no, bec- because I want to do a new thing, you know? Yeah, it's done. Yeah. But the, I, uh, there are, uh, I use a GoPro, but you could use a camera that films in 8K, you know? It, it, it could yeah. have much better resolution. Now, Go ahead. Yeah, I would. I would just wanted to say because I'm I'm not a tech guy at all. Like I'm not a gearhead. I don't know. So that that my question is, you know, how much sampling did you do of the 360 camera? Are there a ton of different 360 cameras out there? Did you like do a sample test of a bunch? Like how did you settle on the camera that you use? They are just two companies that have the 360 camera: GoPro and uh, I forget the other other one. Sorry, but the other one has their uh, really big cameras, but they don't use it to to film. You know, they use it for architecture, or or maybe if you how do you say this? If you are an action guy, if you skate or something, they use these kind of cameras. But okay. oh, for like stunt coordination? No, 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 no. Uh, uh, like if you are a YouTuber and and oh, you do, yeah. I don't know skating, snowboarding, they use this camera. A lot of BMX. Yes. Yep. But they don't use they don't use it for a film. What does Google Maps use? Oh yes. They, they use it. <laughs> a car? A car. <laughs> yes, they use it a car with a three sixty camera. But see here's That's the big camera. Here's the reason why I'm so in love with your film. Is everything you mentioned uh, whether you're in a squirrel suit jumping off a cliff or you're a BMX dude or you're paranoid that people are gang stalking you and you have a 360 camera, it's there's always a weird interaction with the audience where, you know, like we used to watch roller coaster videos yeah. <laughs> and they would have a 360 camera and you could like look around as it goes. At, honestly, it was kind of cool. Like Clark showed it to me and I was like, this is going to be fucking I'd stupid. always look at the people in the back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but the thing is, you're not going to miss anything on a roller coaster. So it's kind of whatever. But in a horror movie, like you want to, you need the director to guide you. Yes. Exactly. So I, 
I was so worried when you sent this movie, but I'm again, I'm so in love with it because there's a moment in your film where our lead is sitting down in her front room and we can see the whole front room. And it's such a weird experience because one, we open up and uh, there's a little bit of DMT use. So everything feels like maybe it's a drug distortion or maybe this is just supposed to feel like an out of body experience. But then we're in the room and it's, it's kind of cool just as a voyeur because we're found footage fans and we're looking and then her neighbor comes over and he sits down and he's talking to her and your camera, like now the camera's not moving, but you as the editor have the framing just slowly spin around the room and there's nobody on screen for more than half of that moment, but it's so powerful. I don't know. You, you really feel like a fly on the wall. And I'm like, it doesn't matter what you shot on because it's your eye that really pulled this movie together. And I'm like, how do how do you construct a scene like that? Like whose idea was it to just rotate? It was me. And I decided when I was editing, no, not when I was filming. Yeah. So how, like, can you, can you walk me there? Like, how did you land on that decision? You're like, because you're, you're articulating something I've never seen in a movie. And I'm not sure what emotion that was like invoking in me, but there's something about having kind of like a run of the mill conversation with your neighbor that is enhanced by just looking around the room. Like you're kind of over your friend's house waiting to do something. Uh, I was constructing this kind of filming, like you want to expect something, something uh, just watching the room. So try to build the, the, the scene, you know? Man, yeah. I, I mean, I'm just so blown away by your choices in this film. From like a city imploding and it feeling like claustrophobic around her character to just the, the great dance choreography. Like, okay, now with the dancing, I won't give you any credit yeah. for that. You could have done anything and that would have been yes, interesting. Yes, yes. Like you, you throw them in a skate park now. Okay. So with the dancing, did you have any input or did you just tell no, her? Like, I just tell, Hey, go for it. Yes. I just tell her, uh, I need you to, to make a, a grand, great dancing. Maybe <laughs> we choose the, the music and that was it. It's all the, all the credit is for her, you know? And also I want to tell one, one thing. When they go uh, uh, for a trip to, to Tepoztlan, you know? You remember that scene? Yeah, I yeah. just give her the camera and I say, do whatever you want. Um, I kind of give, you, give them just one line. But I want to tell you a specific thing. They repeat the scene uh, four times, you know? And at the beginning of the scene, uh, these actors ha have to fart. <laughs> yeah. And she fart the three times on cue. <laughs> talent. That's talent. Yeah. <laughs> no, no doubt. doubt. <laughs> I tried to do it and I couldn't. I mean, I can, I can share that. <laughs> that's a whole different gastrointestinal. Um, also, um, you know, David, we, we, uh, your film also carried a theme that we had in this year's festival of, uh, skate parks. I think we had three films that had really? skate parks yeah. in it this year. I, 
Yeah. I didn't even think of that. I know the Alien Report featured one pretty heavily. And uh, FDW? Yeah. Yeah. And then this one. Did we have, I think, yeah. So three had three. It was a skate park festival this year. But also, I mean, they, what a just a perfect uh, environment to, to use that camera, yes. right? You know, I mean, I would be disappointed if you didn't go to a skate yes. park. Uh, at the beginning, I, I was writing the script and I wanted the, the character, characters be skaters. But then I changed the idea because they have to act and it was easy to find someone that could dance and also to act really well. So you're saying that skaters as a whole, not good acting chops. Is that what you're saying on the show? That's going to be the theme of this side. Uh, anyway. I tried to uh, convince some skater woman and they, they don't, they don't get the same enthusiastic as or like an, a real actor, you know? Well, they, you know, skater chicks, they're a tough breed, yeah. man. They, they just, you know, I tried to explain <laughs> her and she just said, I mean, nah, I'm not, nah. they were not that, yeah, had to go that with, interesting. Had to go with the already dancing type, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, okay, I have to apologize to everybody listening because uh, Putrid Fiction is incredible, and I'm not sure how long before you're going to get to see it. And I have to bring up a scene. Now, um, I'm I'm trying to imagine what the movie would have looked like if it, if it featured a skater, and I'm worried that uh, one of the most powerful moments in the movie, where our lead is auditioning or she's applying for a role in a film school. And uh, the people who are interviewing her, they ask her to perform, like, spontaneously. And now, your movie doesn't have a lot of cutting, because it's all in one camera, like you said. And it's one of the most emotionally charged moments, I think, in the whole film. And I just don't see it working with somebody skateboarding <laughs> <laughs> in the room. Papa and Ollie's yeah, talking I, about Harmony Kareem. God. So, <laughs> like, they're like, they're like, hey, do an Ollie, dude. Three, do an flip. So, like, did that scene, like, did your script change after you had a uh, dancer yes. lead? And was that one of the first things to no, go? It changed a lot, the, the script, when I switched it to dancer. That you know, now, when you when you were looking when you were thinking skater, were you thinking a male or a female? female. Okay, because your your film is so uh, it's beautifully feminine, and I think um, I don't you know if we if we would have went the skater route, it would have been a little bit tomboyish. Yes. Where I think dancing is more of a like I don't, I feel like there's more of a feminine energy there. Yes, I yeah. Although skater girls yes. are cool and hot. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, dude. I, I'm just trying to get in your head, like, like how this came to be. Like, so there's an element of um, Mexican culture in here that was so refreshing because a lot of the times when we get found footage films, uh, I, I, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like 90% of them come out of America. And a lot of times people are imitating our culture and it's kind of like, I don't know. Show us what you got. And your film's so like vibrant in this. And there's a lot going, like, I mean, you open up and there's, um, we have the, the trope of like, uh, this footage was found. Like it's telling the audience how, except you mention a goddess in there. 
And I remember the first time I'm like, oh no, is this going to be some weird, because we get some weird submissions here. And I didn't know where you were bringing me. And I would have never guessed that it was like this highbrow love of horror. You know, let's go there. Are you a horror fan? Yes. Yes. I'm always uh, trying to watch horror, horror films. But when I start doing films, I didn't thought that I was going to do one. I don't know why. Uh, let me tell you one thing. I didn't study films, you know? So mm-hmm. I tried to become a filmmaker uh, by just doing things because I didn't study, you know? And, and when, when I thought I have to do a hor- horror film, I, I feel very comfortable with this uh, decision because horror, uh, it could be comic, it, it could be whatever you want. It could be drama. It could be anything you, you want. This, this gender is beautiful. And also the audience, audience for these films, it, I think it's more like me. And I love that. That's perfect. And uh, honestly, you communicate that in the movie. And now hearing that you didn't go to film school, I feel like uh, Nina's got a little bit of you yes, in there. Totally. Yeah. I, um, it's always weird. We've, we've been doing this film fest for five years now. And whenever there's a movie that deals with the film festival like circuit, because in your movie, uh, there's a programmer, I believe, one of the guys at the film school. It, Loved it. It always feels like, because I don't identify as like a corporate, like, like people that we're like grass, tell you. We're grassroots, baby. We're so indie. I mean, it's like, and just seeing like a representation up there, I'm like, oh man, that's not us. But, <laughs> no, but, but we, know the, we know the type. Yeah, I, yeah for sure. Okay. You are? And um, we, we know that world. Yeah. But, but it's funny because it felt like, like it was almost like you were half of each of us because we're all like, man, I didn't go to film school. I took like two community college courses and I fell in love with film theory and all of us just watch a lot of film. But I would like to talk about Harmony Kareen with like some film people who do care because I think like trash humpers is so overlooked. And I hear a character in there auditioning against a, a film programmer curator. And I felt so like, Oh man, this is making me feel both like proud and kind of <laughs> ugly. And also, by the way, um, I'm a person, you know, uh, David, at the end of the day, I'm a searcher. Okay. I'm always looking <laughs> for the next big thing. And I do think that based upon your film, I am going to be, uh, enter into a career as a DJ and I will be DJ. Sound. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. That how there's not a DJ named so, DJ yes, Salinger. Yes, I, that I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. Know. That that was a mistake that I make, you know. Yeah, really. It's well, well it's I, I I have dyslexia, so I make these kind of mistakes. My brother, a lot. I'm right there <laughs> with you. It's great. So as uh, best joke but, in the film. But you should be DJ Salinger. <laughs> uh, it's happening. <laughs> okay. It's happening. Please, please well, let you, me. I mean, let you, me know or send send me your music. <laughs> All right, we'll make it. A, we'll make it a tag team, baby. We'll do it. 
It's happening. Well, you know, you're articulating an anxiety that I have all the time because I feel like a fucking imposter doing this show, doing the film fest. Like we constantly are talking to people who, you know, went to New York and had a master's in cinematography or something. And then I'll argue with them about how I don't like the beach bum or something. And I'll be like, you're an idiot. Yeah, I know. And I put myself in a weird position using that as an example, but like spring breakers, I love. And then, you know, half the time, when I'm calling on like a reference or something, I'll fuck up a name <laughs> and I feel like I lose, like, I'll lose the conversation right there. Yeah. And it's just like, man, I sympathize with that Nina character so much. And uh, I don't know, man. Well, it's also nerves too. Yes. You know what I mean? Like there's pressure there. And yeah, I don't think there's a person who couldn't watch that scene and not feel, you know, kin to Nina in that situation. Also, there's an interesting thing you're doing. Because as uh, we screened it to an audience of people who had just watched, oh, fuck, was this on Sunday or Saturday? It was on Sunday. And uh, they just watched, God, so many hours of found footage movies. You become hyper aware of what the camera is and what the filmmaker is doing. Like, did he forget that the camera should be acknowledged by the, the audience? And in that moment, you didn't. But it also had a, an effect of making it feel so... Like, Nina feels so naked in that scene. And it's because you can't fucking hide in that room. That 360 camera is capturing everything. And, I, dude, I love the way you constructed that moment. God, this is probably terrible to listen to. I'm like, no, I'm, I mean, I'm like, I'm drooling over a scene in a movie that I don't know when people are going to be able to watch yes. it. You're painting a picture. I know. So, distribution. I know you just started the Film Fest circuit. But you're a you're also a dude who made a found footage movie on your own. I'm guessing you funded the whole yes. thing. Are you thinking self distribution? Are you trying to find somebody to pick it up? Uh, I don't know. It depends uh, what happened with with the year that it's going to be in the festivals. If nothing happened, I think I will go to to Vimeo. Vimeo's not bad. Yeah. How, um, how many festivals have you uh, played in? Uh, just, just your festival. Oh, oh with the yeah. first one? Yeah, we, we world premiered in. Well, David, you're one for one. Because <laughs> it was a smashing success. But, but I, have, I, I don't know. I have a, a ton of festivals, but I don't know in which one it will be on it. Cool. I mean, um, yeah, we can, we can do nothing but put out a good word Thank for you. you. I, uh, we like now literally I'm going to name two people. Uh, we have a, uh, influencer extraordinaire that we share the, a YouTube channel with Terrell who kind of likes some more traditional, just straightforward, like paranormal activity mm-hmm. movies. And then we have a good friend, David Robson, who's like a highbrow film critic who worked at Yerba Buena arts, uh, film program. And after your movie finished, those two were in an aisle. They had both gotten up and sat back down somewhere different and were giggling, talking about things they liked about your movie. And it's one of those things where normally we screen shit and they avoid each other because they know they're not going to agree. And I was just like, holy fuck, that's weird. Look at you bringing communities together, David. <laughs> no chalk and cheese, they go together. Well, the 360 camera is just so fun to look at. Yeah, which I thought I would never say in my life, but 
I mean, I feel like you made a like a fucking strong piece of just traditional cinema here. Like the cinematography is beautiful. And then you got like your self-aware and the horror genres. I don't know, man. I I really love your film. I know I'm at this point I'm thank just you, complimenting. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so can we talk a little bit about um Nina? Dahlia is yes. her name? How'd you find her? Were you doing like fart auditions? <laughs> <laughs> she, she's not the one that farts. Is the is the other character? So oh, okay. So, and that's how she got yeah, her role. Yeah. That's right. I thought, hey, could you fart? Of <laughs> 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 dude, that's how I got the gig. <laughs> oh, God, no, with her, uh, I I just she she sent me the. Um, the I, I was searching for someone who could dance and who could act and also have the the physical that she has, you know. But yeah, I didn't search a lot. It's just be- because <laughs> I, I found her really fast, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do a lot of auditions because I don't want to go against what this movie is saying, you know? I don't yeah. know if I'm telling you right. No, no. But I, I want to be, I don't want to, to, to be the judge if you are good or, ba- or bad. I, it was really fast. I mean, th- that kind of approach could go south really quickly. But I think it sounds like you, you were going with instinct. Yes. And I mean, she's so, she's so perfect for this role. She both feels like tough, but vulnerable. And, um, I don't know. I just totally buy her in every moment. And I'm, did you do like online casting? Yes. Like, well, okay, here, let's talk about that. When did you film this? Were, were you like, it was it lockdown or COVID? Yeah, it or? was COVID. It was COVID. And, and she, she has the same experience in the film that the character has because she's an actress and, she just uh, have their she uh, rechazo rejects from a big big film. You know she's gonna play uh, like she was going to play like a big character, big character, and she was re- rejected. So she was in the mom in the perfect moment to film the script. Oh yeah. Freshly rejected, yes. r- ripe for the yes. role. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, oh, you mentioned that. Now, when you said she was going through a similar thing in real life, we weren't talking about her parents passing away, were no, we? No, 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 no. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty gnarly, though. Like, how did you come up with that little story? I don't know if I should say it or not. I feel like I would need to set it up. Um, and you know what? I don't think it hurts the film. Um, in the movie, her characters have, uh, her parents have passed away from COVID because of their, um, basically their cultural yes. beliefs and they had never been to a hospital before and they weren't about to start a uh, legacy of healers. Yeah. Which I mean, so he- here's the thing, paranormal activity. I've used that a few times and in paranormal activity too, they do a thing that a lot of Western cultures do with their horror movies. And we have a, um, it's kind of like, there's a term for it. 
I can't think of it though. And it, it's where whenever we have a Latin character or like a um, somebody from another country, like an immigrant culture, they always bring with them like spiritual knowledge. And I think it, you know it's a self reflection of how Western culture we don't have a lot of that anymore. And so in Paranormal Activity Two, they turn to their maid to deal with the ghost. And it's always beneficial in these movies, like like Zelda Rubenstein or something. Like they always have information that regular Westerners don't. And in your film, it almost seemed like a hindrance. And it was really interesting. I'd never encountered that before, where it's kind of like that that spiritual belief, like you can make an argument, got him killed. And where where did you come up with that? Um, it was a mix of things when I was writing the script. And I searched how the Aztec gods uh, behave. So they kind of behave, if you are on their teams, because there are a lot of gods, they benefit for it. And they also do acts, acts that go for you also. I mean, it's a team. It's a partnership. Yeah. So that was it. Yeah. You know, I, I tend to argue um, for religion on that side a lot where people are like, you know, why do bad things happen? And I'm like, well, the greatest gift is freedom. And part of that is for bad shit to happen. And uh, I'm sure my mom would be much more happier if I was more religious and I had gone to church like she wanted, but I don't. And uh, I do stand by that. Well, Pink Floyd told us you can't have your pudding until you eat your meat. Oh, God. You know? I see how that relates. <laughs> um, so you weren't you weren't counting on doing a horror film originally. Do you see another one in the yes. future? Like maybe not three. Oh, okay. Are you thinking in world camera found footage again? Or no, no. Hundred eighty degrees, I, ninety <laughs> degrees. I want to do a normal uh, horror film. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's you know, um, but you know, you you talked about you you do like horror a bit, but what what is sort of your influences? I mean, you know, naturally we've talked about Harmony Corrine a lot in this interview, which at any given point Russ will bring. I do him talk up. about him a lot, uh, but you know, uh, David, what would you say is sort of your influences in film? As you know, not having the traditional route of you know being in film. I say not the traditional route, but I mean, what is traditional in terms of that? You know, because many people don't go to film school. Life is your film school. I mean, film school really builds up, you know, a level of communication and, you know, networking. And that's pretty much the biggest strength of film school. But outside of that, you know, anyone can learn whatever they want to just by going out there and doing it. So <laughs> what would you say is sort of your influence on that? I don't know why it turned I into inspirational at the end of that. But- I, that's a really difficult question because... Uh, I th- I think that when you're watching a film, it, it depends on what mood you are. I just watched uh, Jackass, and I I was it was very good for me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. wonderful. I, it's one of my favorite movies. Of that my <laughs> honestly, Jackass. It felt like a return to normal. We went out there, like we had been going to the movie theaters throughout the lockdown. Like we just can't stay out of them. So every time they opened, we'd go and, you know, Jackass kept getting pushed and pushed. And finally, when we saw it, it was like, wow, I'm watching a movie where it's a bunch of friends getting along and being dumb. 
Like it didn't feel like we were tiptoeing around any political topics. It didn't feel like we were altering anything to be like, I don't know. Like it didn't feel fake in any right. way. And plus Jackass is 20 years old. So I, it's familiar. It also made me feel old. Yeah. Also that. <laughs> but gives you the feeling that you are young again, even if they are really old, you know, but they are stupid guys doing stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> that is true beautiful yeah so so what are some other filmmakers you like uh oh, let me think i don't know i i feel like <laughs> but, uh, i just saw pig with nicolas cage i like that <laughs> oh yeah yes let me think um harmony corinne also what's your favorite harmony film i just have to ask uh <laughs> I don't, um, let me think. The, the one, the kid with the, Gummo. yes, I like that. Yeah. Gummo, Gummo. Now, okay, here, I, I have to recommend something. I had you pinned as a trash humpers guy. <laughs> <laughs> you like trash humpers? Oh, who <laughs> does it? <laughs> yes. I'm sure there was farting in that one, you do. <laughs> No, so check this out. At our film fest, we opened with uh, who I call my man crush, Jorge Torres Torres, because Clark keeps saying I'm in love with him. It's true. And it's true. He's a great cinematographer and also editor. And he's, he was really one of the first people I talked to who kind of referred to himself as editor first. He did. Uh, we showed his movie FTW, Fuck the World. And we had, uh, we had some 22-year-old who was forced out there by his roommate, made a long drive and watched it. And we hung out with them at uh, the bar later that night. And he was like, that's my favorite movie like I've seen here. And it's kind of like a Harmony Korine, um, kind of like a surreally edited with a lot of voiceovers connecting. And it's time, like time is distorted. And I was like, have you ever seen Gummo? And he was like, oh, no, I don't know what that is. And it was just like, oh, dude, your life's about to change. Because it really is like a different it's a different course in film. And I think that's why I bring them up so mm. much. And dude, I got to send you, I'm going to send you FTW. Can we do that? Oksan, jump on mic. Can we do that? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, gummo changed my life because I eat spaghetti in the bathtub <laughs> every night. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We stalled enough. Give give us another influence. I'm really curious here. Mm. Are you a big YouTube guy? No. Damn it. I was really hoping I was going to make an argument. Now here's the thing. Randy hates YouTube and Randy come in here. Just, just uh, remind everybody how much you hate YouTube. We may get to see a chat here. Let's I'm uh, I'm on YouTube. Randy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I subscribe so, to a couple channels, mostly uh, Tim Heidecker. And I watch some uh, like right, podcasts right. that have videos. All right. He watches Santino. No, he normally guilts us because me and Clark, we think like, you know, there's an argument that there's real like cinema on YouTube and uh, it's a different way of interacting with stuff. And Randy's always like, oh, it's got to be criterion. You got to take this path. And I just, I was really hoping you're going to be like, oh, I don't know. I watch a lot of creators, like content creators. And I made my movie because <laughs> it does have that feel. Um, Nina is kind of a content creator. I could see her with the YouTube yes, channel. Of course. Sure. Yes. It's just, I mean, 360 cameras are on YouTube channels more than anywhere. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Now, you said originally, oh, yeah, my God, you have so many hours of uh, film. Uh, 
Have you ever thought about putting any of that on YouTube? Mm, no. No, because <laughs> when you edit, if you don't uh, choose something, I think you, you leave it on the trash. Wait, I mean, I feel like you could make a fake channel for Nina yes. and it's just her dancing with a 360 yeah, camera. Yeah, yeah. Because why does everything have to be an ARG for you? <laughs> it's not. Actually, I've read so much about the viral marketing I'm, that the Blair Witch did. And, that, I know. And honestly, all the academic approaches say it didn't help. God. And they're like, they spent millions on that marketing. So unless you, we have that. Every, you put a hat on a hat. <laughs> everything you do. It's too much. See, th here's here's my problem, David. I want to talk like an authority, but I feel like a pretender, <laughs> and I I just I I don't know. I felt fake that. it till you <laughs> make it. Oh, uh, that's, that's from right. Trash Humpers. Fake it till you make it. Make there we it. Go. And the thing is, I just I felt that in your movie, like Nina. It's so authentic. I don't. I don't know. I got nothing but praise to give this film. So, David, you're you're still shopping the film around, uh, but you know what's what's your what's the next big project for you, man? Uh, I don't know. It, everything depends. Uh, for me, if I don't make it with this film, I, w I won't be spending money in another one, you know? So it could be my, my last film. I don't know. Or oh, all right, well, we're, we're, we're going to do that. everything we can to not make Thank that happen. You. So we, yeah, we, um, we're on your side a hundred percent, man. You. And yeah, we can't, don't, don't come in here. Tell <laughs> stories like that. We got to make this happen. We're going to make it happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think you understand the movie you made. It's really no, powerful. It's, Have you been able to see it in no, the theater? No, no, no. I just watched it on my screen, you know, and uh, I want to tell you one thing. It was also, I was very lucky because this film is the first one that, that I feel that I like it. And and I feel with everything that happened on the film, it was lucky. Like, found Nina and also the locations where I filmed, they were perfect for the scene. And also the editing, it, it was a movie that has a lot of luck. Luck? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. Oh, well, what do they say? Luck is opportunity meets good timing. Or Preparation. Preparation. That's yeah. it. I don't know because I don't <laughs> have it. So how should I know the ingredients? <laughs> no, again, I think, I think you're incredibly humble and uh, you've made a really powerful film. I just hope that people... It's just that, let me tell you that my reality here in Mexico is different because... For a while, I was searching for opportunity, and filmmaking in Mexico is like I say in my movie. You have to do stupid comedy series, or I don't know if you if you have watched. I mean, there are good movies, but yeah, but we have the the art and and the and the other part, you know, and they don't mix. Commerce. Yes, they yeah, they don't mix. There, and I, I would like to do uh, this kind of films, you know, that it's not art and it's not comedy. It's something in the middle. And that is not happening in Mexico. I mean, 
you know, it's funny. I've been describing uh, every everything everywhere all at once mm-hmm. as that, like a, a perfect blend of like art and commerce. And I actually think I don't like it that much because of that. I mean, I like the movie, but yeah. I think it suffered from being kind of cute and for general audiences. So, man, we just got to get you out here to America. You have problems with cute, don't you? It was very cute. Why can't you embrace the cute? Here's the thing. I wish we had money because we would have fucking (laughs) flown you out here to watch this movie in a theater. Man, God damn it. And here's the problem. This is a little behind the curtain, but we run the Unnamed Footage Festival kind of like it's a party for us and an opportunity for us to watch these found footage movies in a theater. And we don't make money. But man maybe we should retool that so we can make money and like, you know, to fly you out. Cause I feel so bummed. You didn't get to see it, yes. man. Yes. Maybe we should screen it again. We'll figure <laughs> it out. Fuck. We got to do a podcast he, show. He'll get that distro deal and then we can show it in whatever theater we I want know. to up here. Hey, um, David, you got two cheerleaders here. Actually, you got four. I know Randy's hiding behind a uh, screen right now, but uh, we only have praise to give your movie, and we'll we'll let everybody know they have to see it. So please, you got to keep us updated with um, whenever we can show people. Really, I, I or yeah, other festivals yes, and I think they they haven't given me a straight answer, but Chattanooga Film Festival uh, is interesting, but I don't know what what happened. Chattanooga, they got taste. Yeah. Also, you know, um, found footage has been able to find a little home on streaming with Shutter. So I don't know. We we just gotta keep shouting out this movie uh, again, d- dude. It's fucking incredible. I loved it, and um, I'm honored that we were able to world premiere it. I because at the end of the day, you know, we might have been the first to like show it, but I ultimately think you're gonna lend credibility to our fest as more and more people start to watch Just your movie. How we <laughs> like it. You do all the heavy yeah, lifting. Yeah, you're doing the heavy lifting. You're giving us credibility. Thank you. Thank you also for the podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.